Oh, this is a great episode. We're going out to the West Coast. We have Sarah Edwards, who's an orthopedic surgeon, associate professor at UCSF. She does sports medicine. I really love this episode because we really focus on the issues of diversity and women in orthopedics. And as we started the conversation, you know, Sarah was like, well, I was told I really shouldn't go into orthopedics because as a woman, what kind of family life am I going to have? And as we work through the episode, and we're just so impressed by all of the amazing places that she's worked and the amazing education that she has and the way in which she's educating now, really the story comes down to this for me, that she is an amazing mother, an amazing wife. She was an amazing daughter uh, to, to her mom as she was dying of cancer. And she's an amazing orthopedic surgeon. So the answer is quite yes. You can be a female orthopedic surgeon and have an amazing family. I know you're going to love this episode. Hashtag follow the fro. At Koha Health, our goal is empowering your practice to achieve total financial health. We understand this looks different for every practice, which is why the Koha solutions are tailored to fit your needs. Our Koha Health team is here to guide your practice success by improving your financial process so you can collect all the cash you are owed, providing a great patient experience, and creating your plan for what comes next for you and your partners. Through open communication, this creative application of technology and a love for efficient processes, Koha ensures that you reach the next great milestone. You've built your practice. Let us help you build its future. To learn more, visit koahealth.com. That's K-O-H-A health.com. From Medical Media, this is The Author Show. Hello, world. It's your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon here for another episode of the Ortho Show podcast, where everybody knows we bring you the best of the best in the orthopedic world. We're really excited today. We are going West Coast out to Dr. Sarah Edwards is an orthopedic surgeon that specializes in sports medicine. She's an associate professor of orthopedics at the School of Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. She's the team physician for University of San Francisco, uh, as well as for the City College of San Francisco and is also the team physician for the Oakland Ballet. Sarah, it is a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We should have actually, you know, it's like, like we always joke we should have like a show, right? We needed like a camera guy following you from the operating room <laughs> through the hospital to find your conference room to get here. So it's awesome. You got your big bottle of water. So you're all set. We love it. So uh, look, we got to see each other at OSET not too long ago. What did you think? That was a pretty cool meeting. Don't you like that? I love that meeting. That meeting's always um, so much fun. And I love that all the specialties are there because we don't mix that much. You know, it's like a sports people and shoulder people stick together um, other than the academy meeting. So OSIT's one of those that's similar to the academy that we're all there. Yeah. The, the academy, it's always like a social thing, right? It's hard. It's like so many people. It's really, it's like, you know, drinking from a fire hose, but OSET, you know, you really can get in some really cool panels. You get to really be one-on-one. -on -one. It's much more intimate meeting. Got to give a shout out to Beth Best, one of my favorite people on the planet, who just did an amazing job behind the scenes to make that uh, a great program. Oh, it's great. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. And it was fun to be in Boston this year. You know, it's always in Vegas. And this year we did Boston and that was fun. It was a nice yeah. change up. 
Yeah, super cool. We got to Fenway. We did some cool stuff there. I thought that was a great evening. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. So look, we always start off on these episodes because everybody has an amazing sort of unique story. I think that uh, my my research people have you growing up in Illinois, but we're not sure of that. But give us, you know, you know, when, why, how was it medicine, was orthopedics, is there family doctors? Like, how did you get to where you are right now? Where did it start? Um, great question. Yeah. No, so I was a um yeah, I grew up in central Illinois, small town called Decatur, Illinois. Oh my god, I lived in Decatur, Illinois. Get what? out of here, I swear to God. You How- lived in Decatur, Illinois? My my father was a chemical engineer for like <gasps> so Domino fun. Sugar or something. And he moved us from from the upper outskirts of Maine. We lasted there six months. And then we moved to Decatur, Illinois for literally a two years of my life when I was two years old. How weird is that? Oh, I that's blowing my mind because my father was a chemical engineer and probably and helped work on all the sugar things as well coming out of Decatur. So I wonder if they knew each other. That's oh fascinating. Oh my God, that is amazing. That's, yeah, that's I mean, really fascinating because he yeah. worked at um, a company called uh, Staley's, which is also part of ADM now. And I imagine your dad was at ADM, Archer Daniels Medley. Mu- yeah, must have been. I don't even remember at that point. I was no. so young. But my Jewish mother from Connecticut lasted all of about 18 months. And she's like, you got to get me out of here. So that's my, that's the length of my story. It's a rough sell. It's a rough sell. It's a rough sell. It is the pride of the prairie. You know, they've got you, the soybean capital of the world. So, yeah, if you're from uh, if you're from the East Coast, moving to Cater is tough. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's classic. So you're so dad's a chemical engineer. What did mom do? Yeah. And my mom was a school teacher who then became an administrator and taught at, uh, or she became a grade school principal. So yeah, my parents were, um, but yeah, I grew up, I grew up in Decatur and um, it's kind of interesting that uh, yeah, both our dads were chemical engineers there. And I'm sure they were doing the same thing because my father's claim to fame was working on like all the, the artificial sweeteners, which when I tell people in California that they're completely mortified because, you know, you know, maybe they're responsible for the obesity epidemic in America, high fructose corn syrup. We don't want to say that too loud. Well, but you made soybeans. I mean, that's good. I mean, that yeah, offset right? that, right? I mean, that's yeah, pretty when good. You, when you mention high fructose corn syrup in San Francisco, you're like, you know, that's like worse than smoking cigarettes. So yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, um, I, love I, it. I love it. So I we're, we're first doctor or, or was there other I'm, doctors? I'm the, the only family? medical doctor. I'm the that's only amazing. Med- yeah. Yeah, medical doctor in my family, but I always love science. I obviously had my, it's interesting. My mother was an art artist. She was an art major in college who then became a teacher, but um, she didn't have a scientific bone in her body, but my father obviously did. And then, um, you know, I was always just exposed to science at a young age and uh, liked it in school, like science and math. And I was actually, I went to school to be, I went to college to become an engineer. Um, and I really didn't want to be a doctor because I thought it was too hard and the training was going to be too long. And then I, um, you know, but then in high school, I was an athlete. My brother was an athlete. We had so many orthopedic injuries. So we were exposed what? to orthopedic. Surgeon. Classic story, right? Just about Classic all of us story. tell the same story. I love it. I know. So anyway, but I was getting ready to go to school and then I, and then I had a really horrific car accident. So I was about a week before my high school graduation and I was involved in a Jeep Wrangler rollover accident where I was thrown out of the car and, you know, it broke my spine and my pelvis 
And I ended up, you know, spending that, I missed my high school graduation and spending that Mm. entire summer in the hospital um, and rehabbing. And then, so I had to have multiple surgeries to reconstruct my pelvis and acetabular fracture. Mm. And uh, my spine did not have to have surgery, but anyway, so I, I kind of had this very life altering experience. And then I was like, you know, I really want to be a doctor. So that, that pushed me to wanting to go to medical school. That's awesome. But so, but you know, you're like the, you're like the third guest of the ortho show podcast that is a graduate of the university of Illinois, including Brian Cole and Rachel Frank, who both were on over the last six weeks. So I'm sure you know that, I mean, you're friendly with both. So yes, yes, I did. I do know that. And you, a fun fact about the University of Illinois is that they produce, they have the largest pre-med program in the country. So more students at the University of Illinois get into medical school than any other college in America. So um, Interesting. There, are, there are a lot of us. There's a lot of, in in orthopedics too. So yeah, Rachel's a good friend of mine, Brian, I know, obviously from the sports world. And, um, you know, so we, we do produce a lot of doctors out of central Illinois, which is, and then there, well, then there's some great medical schools in in Chicago and Illinois as well. So you you study hard, you do well, and you get into Northwestern medical school, which is awesome. And so once you get into Northwestern at this point now, and you know, it's medicine, was it, was it all in orthopedics at that moment? Or were you still thinking? I was pretty, I mean, I went to med school thinking I want to be an orthopedic surgeon. I was really influenced by the man who rebuilt me. And so, you know, I obviously would check in with him all the time. And I really liked, uh, liked him personally. He'd obviously helped me regain the ability to walk and all these things. Initially I was in a hospital in Decatur and they were like, you're never going to walk again. Like they were telling me all these horrible things that, you know, I was eight, 18 years old. And then once I got transferred to Springfield, Illinois, which is, was a larger medical center than, you know, I was fixed over there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, I was pretty gung-ho ortho from day one, but I did keep an open mind in med school. So I, I spent time, you know, I liked, then I was one of those people who kind of fell in love with everything. I'm like, oh, I like peds. I like these kids. And then I would go on OB and I liked delivering babies. And I, I really enjoyed my rotations a lot. Um, there were, I did not like psych. I knew I didn't want to be a psychiatrist. <laughs> that was the one. The only thing I remember being like, oh, I hate this rotation. <laughs> so so I mean, let's talk about that, right? Because I mean, one of the, the big topics is always diversity in orthopedics, right? And especially women in orthopedics. And depending on the number, I know it was 6%, it's probably upwards getting closer to 8% now. But yet in a medical school class, you know, not maybe in 2006, but certainly now in, in 2022, over 50% of the medical students are women. Uh, but yet there's still not this, you know, crazy draw towards orthopedic surgery. So, so walk us through that for, for, especially for our, our women listeners that are out there, medical students and such, you know, as to what your decision-making was, did that even remotely even concern you, or it was just like orthopedics is cool. And I want to do this. You know, it, it did. Um, Cause I also knew I wanted to have a family and ha- be a mom and have children. And so, you know, and it's really interesting how from day one, you're kind of dissuaded from a surgical career in general. If you're a woman, at least back in the late nineties, when I went to med school, that it was like, well, you know, this is a hard life. And are you sure you want to do this life? And there was a lot of talk like that. Not, not really like you're a woman, you can't do it. It was more, this is a bad life choice potentially. And but the orthopedic department at Northwestern, I have to say, I never heard that once from the men there. 
not once. They were great and very encouraging. Um, and, and they just, I don't know, I was treated extremely well. And uh, my first rotation as a third year medical student was on cardiovascular surgery. And day one in the OR, like I was just in love with being in the OR. I knew I love being operating. It was so fun. The guy let me put a stitch in the heart. You know, I know I, I had never even sewn up skin. He's like, come up here, come up here. Let's put it. He was just, had this great Southern accent. Dr. Alexander. I still remember it. He's like, girl, get up here. And then they girl. all had, this is, no, this is what sexism comes from, okay? This is a funny right, story. Right. They all had a great discussion watching me put a Foley catheter in and all, there were literally four surgeons standing around watching me put the catheter in and in a male patient. And they were commenting on my technique the whole time. And I, I grew up with a brother and, and like around football players all the time. So I was able to laugh and thought it was funny, but you know, in retrospect, I don't think that would fly. <laughs> no, that would probably not fly right now. Not fly these days. I think, I think Bill Levine would be calling people into the office right now if that were the case, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, the operating room is always sort of the last bastion of that type of uh, camaraderie, I suppose. Yeah. But no, the world's a very different place now than it was even in the late nineties. That's for sure. Uh, but it's interesting, uh, you know, I, I, it's interesting about Northwestern. I mean, I, you know, Bill, Bill Levine and I were, were co-residents together. And every year we had two to three women uh, in our in our residency classes. And it was a concentrated effort to make sure that there was diversity well before that was even a consideration. And I think there were certain programs around the country that really did that well, you know, well in advance of what a lot of other programs are doing now. So, no, but uh, we, we love the, the, the great stories as well. So you're at Northwestern. Okay, it's going to be orthopedics. And, you know, you're another one of these people who apparently think they need a passport to move out of state. And so you decide <laughs> you're going to stay in Illinois for a longer time and you're at the Northwestern Residency, correct? Yes. And so yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I loved it there. It's a wonderful place. I don't know if you've ever seen Northwestern Hospital. It looks like the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. <laughs> you can't. It's, it's extremely beautiful. And it's, you walk inside the hospital and like the string quartet is playing from the Chicago symphony every day. There's mahogany paneling. It's literally the finest hospital in America and it's in downtown Chicago. And so most people that go to medical school there really want to stay there to train. And it also has just a very, I don't know, it was not a malignant place at all. Like people were really encouraging and kind and, and um, it was wonderful. So I, I really wanted to stay there for my residency and I was lucky that I got a spot there because every medical student in my class wanted to stay there and do the residency. It wasn't, it's that kind of place. So I was, I was fortunate that I got one of the spots. Um, so anyway, so yeah, I really enjoyed my, my time at Northwestern. I was class of nine. There were, I was, there were eight men and one, I was the only woman and they were like my brothers. I mean, I was, again, I was treated well, we had fun. Uh, they're still some of my best friends. I still, you know, talk to them. We go on vacations together. We have a reunion at the Academy. So I think I got very lucky. I've heard horror stories. Some women have training and I, I didn't have that. I had a great experience. You know, and, and you know, we've had a, a number of female orthopedic surgeons on, and I would still say that the majority of them are, are like yourself who say that they've had a very positive experience throughout their training. And it, it was, you know, it, it just everyone was treated, you know, equally and, and positively. So I'm really, really happy to hear that. Um, so obviously, you had a lot of trauma experience for yourself personally, but you were also an athlete. 
was it pretty much destined that you were going to do sort of sports and shoulder as a fellowship? When did that, when was that decision made? Oh, I was all over the place on that. I, again, I liked everything, so I couldn't decide. Um, and I had done a lot of research in medical school in pediatric orthopedics and working with kids with disabilities and cerebral palsy. So I, for a long time, I was very focused on pediatric orthopedics. But then as I started doing the rotations in residency, I realized I really loved the surgeries in sports. I loved scoping and I love the patients in sports because I related to them. I felt like, you know, I'd had this athletic career and then also mine was abruptly taken away, right. With my, with my accident, you know, I was, I was a track and field athlete. I was getting ready to go compete in the state level in Illinois at the end of my senior year and then go on in college and do that. And I, and I, you know, it was gone. It was over, you know, there was no question I couldn't go back. Although I did, you know, learn how to run again. It took me about a year until I could run. And then I ended up running a lot, um, but never at the level that I was. Um, so I felt like I could relate to that population really well because of that experience. Sure. And um, cause I know what that feels like very, very vividly. Um, and I loved, I realized I loved the kids in peds ortho, but I didn't love the surgeries. Like I didn't want to do scoliosis surgery. I didn't want to do hip deformity. I just wanted to do the sports stuff. <laughs> and I thought, well, I can do adult sports and also take care of adolescents and kids. You don't have to be, I mean, I know back then there wasn't really a Pete sports specialty, but um, you know, I, I felt like I could do an adult sports and shoulder fellowship and do the same thing. So. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll throw some credit out there to mom too. You know, she's the artistic, you know, teacher. So that part of your brain, you know, arthroscopic surgery for our listeners that are not necessarily doing orthopedics is this weird thing, you know, you're, you're looking at a two-dimensional screen. You're not even looking at the area in which you're operating. And then your hands are doing this, your feet are doing that, but you're looking across the way away from the patient. So there's definitely sort of an artistic sort of process to be able to take a three-dimensional world and, and bring it into a two-dimensional space and figure it out. So we'll give mom some credit for that. I'm sure she'd <laughs> like to hear that. But uh, so it's sports. Okay. It's orthoscopic. You've decided you're going to be one of the cool people. We are the coolest in orthopedics. And the, in orthopedics, no question about that. And so off you go. Finally, you're going to cross, you know, the Mississippi and you're going to leave Illinois and you're going to the big city with Bill Levine and Chris Amon and some great, great people. So you got to tell us about that fellowship because I, I love the Columbia fellows. It's an amazing brother and sisterhood for sure. You know, that year I found that fellowship almost by default. And I hate to say that because it's such a prestigious fellowship, but I was, um, so I, I was married, I got married my third year of residency and my husband was in finance and he was already in New York. Okay. So I I'm living in Chicago doing residency. He's in New York city. And it was like, I got to get to New York no matter what. And I, so I applied literally to the New York programs. And then I think some in Connecticut and maybe Boston, but I just was like, I need to be out there. And the very first one I interviewed for was with Bill Levine. And it was because they, they were earlier in their interview cycle. So I got the interview at Columbia and I showed up and I was just blown away by the people and the history there. And, and Bill's so engaging, as you know, I mean, he's just, you know, a legend. Dr. Biliani was still the chairman at that time, you know, and he's a legend. And, and I was just 
blown away. And then, and this is before, you know, so I, I literally didn't interview at any other fellowship. They, I interviewed there. I had a great interview. They ended up offering me the spot. They lock the door. There's no match. They lock the door door and they say, you've got to say yes right now. (laughs) Yes. And it was like, I think I had eight hours to think about it. And I remember calling my chairman, Mike Schaefer, who is, you know, he passed away, but gosh, what a wonderful man Mike Schaefer was. He was the chairman of Northwestern for 35 years, calling Dr. Schaefer and saying, what do I do? Like they're after, I haven't interviewed anywhere else, but it's in New York and it's Columbia. And he was like, you got to take it. Just take like, it. <laughs> you got to take it. He goes, this is like, and this is amazing. He goes, you will be, I think I was the first Northwestern person to do that fellowship. And he was like, this is such a prestigious fellowship. You need, this is a wonderful thing for your career. You should do it. And I was like, done. And so I accepted the spot and, and I still count my lucky stars that I did it because it was a great year. It was an amazing year. And, and it, that fellowship, you know, what I didn't understand when I took that fellowship was how they continually mentor people throughout their entire career. So Bill still is my mentor. You know, I'm 16 years into practice and I can say my career has been, you know, really positively impacted by being his fellow and Dr. Biliani. I mean, they just constantly push for me to be on Oh, my lights are going out. All right. That's right. They pushed for me to be on committees and, and to be academically involved. And that's something that I did not see until I went to Columbia. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's an amazing family. I mean, I, I, I put it out on Becker's. I, I answered one of the questions, you know, who are the people that are influencing out there? And Bill Levine, I think, is the greatest mentor of his generation when it comes. He's to amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He just he just just embraces you and just continues to follow, as you said, even 16 years. You know, you're still uh, still, you know, um, a part of the process and he's there for you always. All right. right. So, and so there, you know, I'm here at UCSF because of Bill Levine lobbying for me. You know, yeah. this is why I'm that here never at- ends. That never, never ends. I know. Yeah. Amazing, right? So, so let's. Do, there's a there's a Yiddish term, and it's it's called spilkies. Have you heard spilkies? Spilkies no. is a Yiddish term, which means that you can't sit still. So <laughs> the abs the average orthopedic surgeon apparently these days, almost every two to three years, I think there's some recent study, will or maybe maybe the first time into their first practice after two years, you know, will change it and move on. So you finish this amazing fellowship, you go into private practice in Oakland, right? And you're there for three or four years. And then all of a sudden you get the call back from the the Mecca Northwestern and you decide to give up private practice and go to become the team orthopedic surgeon at Northwestern in 2010. So that must've been, that must've been a really high honor, right? You're in practice, your alma mater gives you a call and you're going back up to the top. Must've been a really cool vibe. Yeah, it was wonderful. And, you know, and there was, it is interesting. I always tell my residents or fellows, I'm like, don't do what I've done in your career because I've moved around so many times. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to start over a lot, you know, and and in none of these, you know, I was always doing well and, and really engaged with my partners. And I think every time I've switched jobs, I've left on very good terms, but, but I, I have moved a lot. And in the first time, yeah, my first job, and again, part of it was, um, you know, coinciding with my husband's opportunities. Right. And so, so we, you know, he's got a big career too. So it was like, let's go, you know, he needed to come to San Francisco. And so we, 
So I then did a search and this is when I was Bill's fellow. And I, you know, I think there were two jobs open. There was one at Stanford, which I didn't get. And then there was one in private practice with the great Roger Mann, who, who is like a foot and ankle guru. Um, And so my private practice experience was with Roger and, uh, and that was great. I mean, I, I did that for three years uh, with Roger, and, but I was dying to be more academic. So I was in private practice. I loved it. I started working with Cal Athletics at that time at UC Berkeley. Um, and that was a really great opportunity. And then, and then my parent, my mother got sick. And so, you know, us Midwesterners were really connected to our parents. And so, I mean, most people, are, but, but um, you know, when my mother was diagnosed with cancer and I really felt that I needed to be closer to help take care of her. And so I called my old boss and uh, Mike Schaefer in Chicago. And I said, listen, here's my situation. And we had talked about me coming back at some point when I graduated fellowship, but at this time, I said, listen, I, I know I didn't want to come then, but I really need to be back. And so I moved back to Chicago and, um, and he, he offered me a job uh, very generously. And I was um, very happy at Northwestern. We had, um, I was there four, four years, I believe, four and a half years. And, you know, it was great to go back home where I, and I felt very comfortable in that facility because I, again, med school residency there, it was like going home. Um, and then was able to help at home too with my, with my mother and, and help, you know, she unfortunately passed, but I was able to be there and be part of her care, you know, and help my brother deal with that. So that was, I will never regret that. Did and your then, husband, did your husband come back with you or did he, he have to stay did, in San Francisco? He did, but he hated it. <laughs> <laughs> How could and you hate Chicago? Well, he's, awesome. from, he's a Midwestern guy, you know, yeah. he's from Iowa. So, but he really wanted, you know. He's funny. He, he's a big golfer at the time and wanted to be, um, he never, we, he joined the Olympic club, which is a really, really nice golf course here in San Francisco. And he never gave it up. So even when we moved back to Chicago, he kept paying the dues. Of the, <laughs> I think That's was, awesome. That's of course, what else would you do? You don't have any option on that. I love it. I know. He just kept paying. Cause he's like, well, we got to go back someday. So then, then after my mother passed away and then, and then, you know, but yeah, I was the team doc for Northwestern then did all the football coverage. It was great. It was really, really fun. And um, got to work with some great friends and some of my former co-residents had come back at that time. So I really, I really loved that job, but then his job called us back to the West coast. And so we ended up moving, we ended up moving back to San Francisco in 2013 Um, and then, and then I kind of bounced around, you know, so there were no jobs available at that time at Stanford or UCSF. And I took a private academic job, like a a private academic job, I guess you would say at a group called SOAR Orthopedics. So SOAR, um, was based on the peninsula down by Palo Alto and they did a ton of sports teams coverage, uh, at the time they were taking care of the 49ers, the San Francisco giants, um, and then I called Cal because I already had this relationship with them. And they're like, yeah, we actually want someone to come in and help take care of football right now. So I was able to come back because I'd done the football experience in Chicago. So sure. come back to San Francisco and I joined that group. And then we did, um, you know, and I did coverage for UC Berkeley for all those years. And then that was great. That was fun. And I actually really enjoyed that group. We had fellows. So I trained sports fellows while I was there. And SOAR had three fellows a year, no residents. We weren't affiliated with any academic center, but. Um, so so all of these, it's, I mean, the story is, it's interesting because I get a vibe that, you know, it, it's, a, it was sort of part of being, you know, family is super important. 
right? Yeah. You had to be there for your mom. You're also there supportive for your husband when he needs to go places, yet you're still able to do all the things that you want to do. So each of these moves were sort of, you know, very reasonable moves on a chessboard of life, you know, because it seemed like that those were the right things to do. And so so you're at Berkeley and you do that. And now you're you're back to a full academic position at University of California, San Francisco, which at this stage in your career must be great, right? You have to have fellows and residents and medical students and all of that that goes with it. Yes, I'm loving every part of it. It's great. So the residents are, are wonderful fellows. You know, our residencies, the, these residents are just top notch. They're so smart. Um, I'm impressed with them every day. And then we're training. We have three sports fellows a year. So I just was operating with one today. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a wonderful experience. And then my partners here, you know, there's, there's 10 sports docs here um, and just a tremendous group of people. I mean, Ben Ma, Brian Feely, you know, um, Drew Lansdowne, Stephanie Wong. I mean, these partners of mine are, are wonderful. So I, I really like the collegiality of being in a big group and, and part of an academic mission to me, that's fun. It makes work more meaningful. Yeah, so. no, that's cool. And you, you don't want to take all that trauma call and all that stuff anymore i'm actually right? a trauma call right now I'm, oh I'm stop it they don't let me operate on bones anymore i'm too I'm, old God, i'm covering for and it's ironic because ota the orthopedic trauma association is their national meeting this week and they're all in tampa <laughs> so yeah so to all the listeners out there do not get hurt <laughs> on the weekend of october 13th because you should wait until they get back to have your surgery sure. that's for sure you break your shoulder that's about it but yeah otherwise you've got a sports med doc fixing <laughs> no i love it i love it so you know look i mean this has been what a wonderful wonderful career i mean doing so many awesome things and and now you're still you know, at the peak of your career right now, doing a lot of stuff that you love to do. And, you know, what a, what a, what a wonderful way to sort of round out. And you're still in San Francisco, your husband still gets to play at Olympia, which I'm going to invite myself to play <laughs> as well when I come out to San Francisco for the next meeting, but uh, yeah. what wonderful stuff. So listen, you know, Sarah, as we're coming to a close and I really enjoyed our time together, give us, give us some advice for the young women that are listening out there about a career in orthopedics and, what they should do to make that happen. Okay, great, great question. I would say, first of all, don't let anyone dissuade you from doing orthopedics or tell you it's too hard. It's two additional years of training compared to a, an internist or a pediatrician. And then once you're in practice, you have so much more autonomy of your life. So, in, you know, you can really, particularly if you go into something like sports medicine, have a very set schedule and, you know, I, I have two children, I'm very involved in their lives and you can, you can do that and you have some freedom to, you know, and even if you want to work part-time at some point, you can do that and still make a decent income more than if you're a, pri a primary care doctor. So, so I think it actually gives women a lot of options down the road and people neglect that even, I mean, people obviously go after your passion, but the financial aspect is kind of neglected, you know, where maybe a pediatrician's making a hundred thousand dollars a year, working full time, working really hard, where an orthopedic surgeon can make, you know, two hundred thousand dollars working three days a week, you know. So there's, it gives you some freedom, I think, um, which maybe other specialties don't have. Um, so, and then once you get into orthopedics, don't be told that, oh, you can only do peds or hand, because I think they really push a lot of the women to just do pediatrics or hand and, and all these other fields are wonderful and, um, you know, you can do whatever you want. So, 
you can do whatever you want. I mean, full circle for me as we started our conversation and, you know, thinking about orthopedics for you as a young woman and you were sort of dissuaded. And that was the conversation back in the day, right? How can you be a mother? How can you be a wife? And how can you be a sports medicine orthopedic surgeon? It's really not compatible. But I think Dr. Sarah Edwards has clearly proven that today on our episode that you can be a wonderful wife, a wonderful daughter, wonderful mother, and be an amazing orthopedic surgeon. So really, what a great story, Sarah. We really so appreciate your time and coming on and sharing your story. And you are now officially an Ortho Show alumni. Thank you, Scott. This has been fun. Appreciate your Pleasure, pleasure having you on. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Until next time.